Hello, my name is David Turner and this is another episode of Lunar Poetry Shorts and today I'm at home in Camberwell in my kitchen uh, I'm joined by Kadeem Beresford James. Hello Kadeem. Hi. Uh, yeah, and as always by way of introduction we're going to start with a poem. Creatives. I am a poet. Hear me, for I am a poet. I am a person who says words and I have a special word for me. I am a poet. Thank you very much. Um, that was short and sweet, but it really it leads really nicely into our first question, which is uh, why poetry? But first, I completely forgot to say hello properly. Hello, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Welcome. David. Yeah, Thank you. I'm, t I'm such a professional. I wrote um, in big letters, but on another piece of paper that I should say hello to, and left that one upstairs. But anyway, hello. Uh, why poetry? Um, well, I started writing poetry in secondary school yeah. after one of my grandmas died because um, because of the way my family set up, like half brothers and half sisters and whatnot. I um, had three grandmas growing up, and uh, my brother's dad's mum, uh, she died when I was still in secondary school, and it hit all of us really, really hard because we spent a lot of time with her over like summers and stuff yes. like that. And um, I couldn't figure out a way to get the emotion out. I was really, really angry at everybody for no particular reason. And um, that's when I wrote my first poem. It was fucking terrible. I don't have it anymore. I don't even remember what it was called. But I remember it making me feel better. And then I started carrying around a little black book. And then everybody got to know me as the dude with the black book in his pocket, in his blazer pocket, yeah, stretching yeah. out the whole pocket. Yeah, that's what, um, what, what part of uh, the process was cathartic? Was it the writing? Was it sharing it with people? It was the writing. Because I, did, I didn't yeah, share it with anybody. It no, I, I wrote it and I would recite it to myself yeah. and that made me feel better because okay. it was like a, it was like understanding how I felt because mm. I didn't get why I was so upset with everybody and then I wrote it down and then I understood myself and then yeah there's, some, there's definitely something about um, uh, locking in certain emotions painful emotions with words on paper isn't there yeah. I mean I started I mean for reasons uh, we won't go into just now because it's over too long and I don't want it to be about me but I started writing for, for a similar reason um, in order to I don't know to try and rein in the emotions in some way um, do you have any insight of, as to why you think that might work I'm still struggling with the I think it's because um, you know when you think something you don't it doesn't really feel real until you say it yeah with something like that if you can't talk to somebody about it, I think writing it down is like you talking to another you. Yes. So actually you have talked to somebody about it, it just happens to be yourself. Yeah, that's interesting, that's more of an internal mm. monologue, yeah. which goes... Uh, yeah, and I, I think I found myself, I mean, it, I, I don't know if it was an internal monologue which happened just inside your own head, it would become torturous, but there's something about putting it on paper which yeah. um, allows you to... Uh, allow it to go you know you mm. can it's there on paper and you don't you necessarily like, have to go back to it you yeah, it's like a like has like a life by itself yeah almost like a I don't know like a something in a test tube yeah and so uh, maybe we could move on from that to your experiences at now performing poetry is that is there a different type of uh, what am I trying to say Catharsism, that's a word, isn't it? Catharsism, yeah. that, yeah, that is exactly what I'm trying to say. Yeah. So my, my brain just froze up there. That's cool. um, is it similarly cathartic to read in front of people, or is it a different type of... Uh... 
I, I find I find it different. Um, the writing I find the same, yes. but the performance is like I'm bearing my parts of myself to people. Like it's never the whole story, but it's always little pieces of the story, mm-hmm. whatever the poem happens to be about. Like that one's about me finding myself. That yeah. one I read before. It's about me finding myself as a as a poet. Like I now have a title, mm-hmm. Kadeem poet, and um, I feel like. It only works when I perform it to people because I know that I'm a poet, but other people don't know yes, that I'm a yeah, poet yeah, yeah. until I tell them yes, that I'm a poet. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a different it's a different kind of catharsis. But it's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, I found it strange when I first because it's still not even a year since I first read it in public. Like, and you know. shut up. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's close coming up to a year, but it's still um, under a year. And I found I found it very very disheartening at the beginning about people's preconceptions of you when you go up and there is you do ultimately I think probably everybody's got a poem similar to that which mm. is that I, now I'm a, dealing with this idea that now you're a poet mm. and you're and you can't you can't go to an open mic and just read yeah. without stating that you're it's like you know there is no su- real such thing as outsider art there's no such thing as being an outsider poet mm. um, or it, it can exist but it's such extreme circumstances uh, yeah, and that whole idea of getting up and standing in front, in front of people and stating that, yeah, now I'm a poet and this is what I do and yeah. this is how I communicate with the world. It's like, um, I don't think it applies just to poets because I call it creatives because it applies to all the, yes, all, yeah. all the, all yeah. the arts. And that's so. why I mentioned outsider art yeah. as well because you, it's very difficult to be a painter and not show your work in some way, you know, because it's, I suppose everybody's work needs some sort of validation yeah. and not to feel better about it and not to feel, feel that it's okay, but ultimately most people seek validation of their work yeah. in front of an audience. How often do you uh, read in public? Not as often as I used to. Um, I used to go to poetry nights every week when I was in, when I was in um, uni. Yeah. That's when I started reading my poetry aloud. Uh, poetry Unplugged. Yeah, That's where well, I started. So when did you go to uni? Oh, um, Brahampton University. Oh, okay, so you would read in London anyway, so yeah. it's not that far. Yeah. yeah, no, well, I didn't live on campus, I lived with my mum. Sure. Yeah, but, um, so it was quite far, because I lived in um, South Norwood, it's near Croydon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so it's quite far to go, but I enjoyed doing it, so it didn't, it didn't feel like a, like a chore to go into London just yeah. to read at night, because I really enjoyed it. it was, I was discovering something about myself, because mm. I only started reading then and then continue to read sure but um now that i'm out of uni and have to work i don't go as often as i'd like i've, I've been to a few more in the past months but um i, I want to turn it into a regular thing again yeah i want to turn it into a i feel like a lot of people know that sort of took this winter off yeah and yeah now, now the sun's shining again it's it, it's it's quite, i think it's actually a, a, a important thing to talk about is how difficult it can be to keep dragging yourself out to open mic nights because the main, I suppose, the main thing is you're not always talking about things that are very pleasant yeah. in your life. It's not actually that nice of an experience sometimes getting up and talking about certain things. And then to do it in the dark <laughs> when you're working, you get up in the dark, come home in the dark, yeah. go to, a, you know, sit in the basement mm-hmm. and, you know, listen to a lot of stuff which you probably don't really want to listen to. Get up and do your thing and then go home and get up, get in really late. You know, it's, a, it's quite a commitment, isn't it? To keep yeah. going. It is, yeah. All the time. And... Did you find that? Um, do you find it gets in the way of writing as well? Well, performing or winter. Well, like if you, you know, if you go into a lot of open mics and stuff. Oh, um, 
Not in particular, because when I first started reading, I would write stuff on the way to open mic nights. Yeah. Um, and I'd perform the stuff that I wrote on yeah. the way. And then that, and that was it, basically. Mm-hmm. Like I would, um, I would always want to read something new. I'd never want to repeat myself because, yeah. I don't know, I have this thing about repeating myself in general. Mm-hmm. It never got in the way, but it started to get harder because... I started feeling like I had to write stuff that might get a decent response yeah. because having a decent response is really gratifying when you're walking off stage and then after the and then like at the break or after the event people come up to you and say like, oh I really enjoyed your poem and it's like thank you I worked hard on that thank you for liking a part of me that I wrote and shared with everybody and um, there were some nights where that didn't happen I went home and it's kind of like ah oh, this suddenly isn't worth it anymore yeah because it goes back to the idea of wanting validation in some way yeah. and and it's not actually it is egotistical but it's not in an, I don't mean that in a negative sense it's mm. sort of a natural thing we all we all want to, uh, validation of the creative uh, things that we do mm. um, but I don't know it's, you wouldn't be the first person that said that having that idea of validation in your head then stifles you a little bit creatively and it's yeah. you need to at some point to step away um, from going to the same nights and meeting the yeah. same people and I think that's probably uh, if you had unlimited funds and were able to travel to any <laughs> night you wanted to that would probably make it easier oh, yeah. because it's often moving in the same circles of people and poets that causes the problem yeah. you know not, not the nights themselves it's just yeah. a repetition isn't it and I found actually because when I first started performing that um, I had this idea that I wouldn't do the same thing twice mm-hmm. But then you're going to the same nights all the time, and you yeah. sort of are doing the same thing all yeah. the time. You're doing, you know, you're, do, you're being you in the same space, and it's essentially it doesn't matter what words are coming out of your mouth. And that's a problem with performance, I think, rather than poetry, mm. is the performance side. Yeah. Um, but maybe we could have a another poem. Yeah, at this point. yeah of course. Uh, this one's called Contradictions. I'm wearing a hood, and my eyes are glittering. The world is reflective marble, glistening. I am moneyed and loved and have fun. I'm wearing a hood and my eyes are glittering. These sound waves are low, even though I feel like I'm floating. I don't know why I've chosen sad songs today. I don't know why I'm wearing a hood, but my eyes are glittering. The man turns green without me waiting and the cold winds stop when I start shaking. I've still got my hood and the songs are still sad and the world is glistening like my eyes are glittering. But somewhere in the glitter there are splotches of crimson where children drag saw blades over bars made of silver in cages made of twigs on islands of biscuits. And the playlist ends. My eyes are still glittering. Thank you very much. Um, how do you critique your own work? Do you have people you share it with? Or do you, you, no, do you know? I, I critique it constantly as I write it. Yeah. Um, I tend to go for, on semi-long poems at least, like that one, mm-hmm. I try to go for certain patterns, like uh, either reusing the same phrase yes, or yeah. um, rhyme or whatever, mm-hmm. or meter even. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to sound good to me, yeah. and if it doesn't, I have to go back and change it until I'm happy with like the first stanza, and then I can continue yeah. writing. Because, um, it's like after every stanza, I read through the whole poem as if I was performing it, mm-hmm. and... If it doesn't sound fluid enough, I have to go back and change it. I'm a perfectionist about yeah. about that stuff. That way. So you, you, would you say you're more um, 
focused on how the poem sounds out loud as a performance piece. As a performance piece, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of performance, that, yeah. I'm more concerned with how it sounds. Yeah. Um, obviously, the topic of the poem is important to me, and I do consider what I write, how, what um, kind of metaphors I use sure. very carefully. I always think about it very carefully, even though some of my poems don't sound like I have. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I do consider it all very, very carefully, and there are, I've got a lot of poems where I've tried to use a certain metaphor and it's just not worked, yeah. so I've had to just stop writing it because mm. it's just turned out sounding like a piece of crap. So yeah, it's. And um, you would you would discard a, a poem based on one metaphor? You think you it would you you would prefer to move on to another piece? Yes. Than, yeah. Yes, because um, it's like it's like um, I've I'm, I've started building something, mm. and a part of it near the top or even around the middle as I've built up as fucked up yeah. like a bit of it is fucked up and the bit of it being fucked up has messed up the whole thing yeah. so I would rather knock it all down and start again than try to change that bit I do I do try to change that bit mm. first but um, I think like two hours trying to change the same line and I've had that experience two hours of trying to yeah. change the same line it's just not yeah. worth it I'd rather just start again yeah it's very it's quite a tricky thing to talk about as well at what point do you give up on a poem mm. And it's obviously a completely personal thing because you did probably, I don't know, there often aren't very tangible reasons as to why you would cast something aside because it often this would just be a personal feeling or just the sound of something. Um, yeah, actually, uh, I don't know, it's just sprung to mind. Have you ever been on stage halfway through a poem and thought, this is fucking shit? And yes. perhaps not stopped, but think, right, this is it, let's go. <laughs> Because <laughs> yes. I've had that a few times. Yeah, um, on my computer, because I type all my poems and yeah. I keep them in this big purple folder. Yeah. And um, on my computer, I've got two folders in my, po in my poetry folder. I've yeah, got yeah. two folders. Um, one that I call Before Enlightenment and the other one's called Settled Storm. Yeah. Before Enlightenment is all the shit <laughs> and Settled Storm is all the ones that I actually like. Yeah, and yeah. I think they're about balanced, yeah, yeah. which yeah. I think says a lot. Like I, I do write often and I have written a lot, but not all of it gets performed and I have performed some of them and I fucking wish I yeah, hadn't. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's happened to me a couple of times um, where I've read something and it wasn't intended to be funny and people laugh at it, for instance, and I'm like, well, oh, that's it. That's, that's guy. Mm -hmm. oh, fuck that. <laughs> because it's obviously, you know, I, I don't know, I just, I don't trust myself to, to deliver it in a, in a clear enough way yeah. to, to sort of um, communicate the true feeling of yeah. it. You know, if people are, you know, I think if people, if an audience are laughing or not laughing or are reacting in a way you don't want them to react, it's your fault, it's not their fault, mm. it's the way you've delivered something or the way you've written something. Well, I suppose that, that depends because um, all writing and especially poetry is down to the uh, interpretation of whoever's hearing it yeah. or reading it. So I suppose if you've got an entire crowd fucking pissing themselves yeah. laughing at something that's actually kind of meant to be yeah, somber, yeah. Yeah. then maybe you've messed up a bit. But if you've got like one or two people sniggering here and there, like it's it's that's them hearing something that no one else has heard and that you clearly didn't hear. Yeah, but I think I'd be happy with them laughing. <laughs> <laughs> like the one or two people, yeah, just yeah. on another planet. I'm, they can laugh all they want, I don't want that. <laughs> um, would you like to see your writing develop in any particular way? Um, I don't know. No. Um, I'm a novelist as well, yeah. so I want that to develop. Mm. But in terms of poetry, I've never been really sure. 
Um, even when I was in school, like when I first started writing, I remember writing something at the start of a biology class and someone leaned over my shoulder and sort of guarded my notebook, like, what the yeah. fuck are you looking at me? <laughs> and um, he said, you writing poetry again? I said, yeah, what of it? He said, um, you know, you're never going to make money off that. And, it, and I, even then, as how old was I, like 15, I was like, so? This is what I want to do, leave me alone. It's like, now, I suppose, something I have considered is like get, um, putting them together into like a, like a booklet or maybe uh, just a collection and pu- like publishing that and then having that to sell at poetry events. You know what? Like, oh my God, yeah. I was talking to someone Book. about this recently. There isn't enough um, collected writing by the same authors mm. where they published short stories, uh, novellas and poetry all in one booklet. I don't I understand why know, yeah. there's a division mm. so much. In, in, um, th- th- one writer's writing no matter what style it is we usually sit together pretty well I mean you have to think a bit more about the editing I suppose and placement of uh, individual pieces but I don't I've never understood why people say I'm a poet oh and and I write short stories I mean I understand why in conversation it comes out like that Mm. but to other writers why they don't just say you know you're just a writer and and I mean that in a really positive way you Mm. know if you you should really be able to turn your hand to most things and if you do why can't they go in one pamphlet yeah, it's you know? true yeah I agree um, I think it would make your poetry I don't, I don't mean you hmm. uh, specifically I mean us it make our I think it would make our writing more accessible as well if they were bookended by short stories I think yeah. uh, people that are not necessarily interested in uh, poetry would be more inclined to buy a collection of short stories which also had poetry yeah. and then they would have the time to read, and I don't think that's necessarily a way of dumbing down either. You know, I think it's quite a nice way to market yeah. people. And it's a way of getting your name out there, not just as that dude who reads poems, yeah. but also as the guy who writes stories. I think um, I don't know. I'm, I'm asking a lot of people at the moment how they've self-published stuff that they self-published. Mm-hmm. None of them are poets; they're all novelists. Yeah. And um, I've not got any replies from them yet because I asked them very recently, yes. but. Um, the fact that I've not asked any poets I think is kind of telling it's like <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm asking people who've published books but nobody who's published a book of poetry and it's yeah. like it's because they haven't really self-published it as far as I'm aware at least I suppose it does happen possibly the reason the two don't go hand in hand I think it's easier to self-publish your poetry mm. because if you've written a poem and you're happy with it you don't necessarily need uh, any outside editing that's true whereas with a with a longer piece of prose you probably it would be wise I think to get, some to get someone out. in yeah. to edit and actually have a look at the thing before it goes out to print mm-hmm. so that might be a reason um, uh, does, the, does your prose writing inform your poetry writing no, and, no not no, at all they're very very different yeah um, and I may I try to be as simple as I can in terms of poetry. I don't like to use um, really long, complex words, even though I know lots of long, complex words. I don't so like to... So you say. <laughs> Transcendent. Transcendent. <laughs> Manifesto. <laughs> um, but um, I, tr- I try to keep the words I use simple because I don't think that poetry should be about using re- lots of flowery words. I think we've evolved beyond that. Yeah. That's the... Oh, no, that's the English teacher version of how poetry should be and I think that in 2015 we should be a step beyond that there's a place for it sure 
if you want to sound that if you want that kind of sound but I think we've gone beyond that so I think um, you should be able to get your point across using the simplest words you can yeah. and um, I don't know my but my prose is like I also try to use the simplest words I can but I did a writing course and one of the things I tell you to do is if you have one word that you can use in place of five words use the one word yes yes and that often means I'm using long, complex words. So, um, I don't know. The, and my poetry tends to be about me and my experiences of the world. The prose tends to be sometimes based on my experiences of the world, but usually the plots are completely fictitious. I suppose also in, in terms of what kind of language you use and the, the sort of uh, style of uh, words you use... Um, I suppose with prose, you've normally got more of a captive audience. They're a bit more invested in reading. They may have started two pages earlier, mm. and just because they come across one long word, it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to give up on the yeah. on what they've already started out to read. Poetry, I think, in most people's minds, is still quite throwaway. Yeah. And if you get two stanzas in, there's a word you don't understand, you can just put it down. Yeah. You know, it will turn people off very quickly. And I think. Um, I don't actually think that's necessarily anything to do with a, using a long word. That's just make, perhaps using words inappropriately and and trying to be too clever just for the sake of yeah, it. You know, like um, I remember I was at one night. I'm not going to say which night, but I was at a night, and um, the headliner, it, the poem he read was nothing but complex words. I felt like he was just he'd like picked up a dictionary mm. and had just found every word with more than five syllables and written them down in order. I know that that wasn't what he did because at times I could follow what he was saying but yeah. for most of it I just tuned out because it was like 10 minutes long and one poem 10 minutes long and he just kept going yeah, yeah. and going I was I was mystified it was I, I didn't even it's, a, it's an issue I have with um, poetry or spoken word which is heavily influenced by hip hop or mm. rap in that most of it is based on uh, language here in the streets and yeah. that's the whole point of it it's supposed to be very clear and very direct until they get to that paragraph or that stanza where they rhyme everything with initiate or something, you know, and it's just every sentence ends with the same rhyme and you're yeah. like, what are you, fuck, what are you doing? Yeah. This was so beautifully pure until this point that you picked up the rhyming dictionary mm -hmm. or the thesaurus and suddenly, or the both two combine and you're like, fuck, what, what are you, what are you doing? This was what words rhyme with silver? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was going so well, yeah. you know, and, and it's hard sometimes because you can't, sometimes get into this discussion without seeming like you hate that style of poetry because yeah. that's not the case it's yeah. just this why overcomplicate things and yeah. why you know and I, I mean I completely agree I think the way I would tend to write poetry is definitely a similar style to you I would I, I write in a way that you would hear people speaking on buses and stuff. Mm. I've got no interest actually if I do write anything longer I tend to get more uh, yeah it's, much more cleverer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got the space and the time to do it, haven't you? That's the yeah. thing, you know. And um, yeah. you can really show off all the long words, you know. And that I know things. Transcendent was pretty good, <laughs> and manifesto very topical as well. You've got an election coming up. <laughs> uh, maybe we could have a third and final poem. Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah of course. Yeah. Uh, this one's called "Incomplete Masterpiece." Um, the one, the thing I love about this one is I. I wrote it as I was walking away from the corner shop near my mum's house. Um, yeah, this is, this is a true story. The sight of raindrops on my skin made me cry the other day. They reminded me of when I believed in God, when non-believers were astray. Compliance was the only answer because my questions received none. 
a few toys in my imagination were my only sources of fun. The fickle designs of a child's brain care not for logic or black or white or rain or sun or snow or fog, no, only for demons that lurk in the night. Is it our instinct to instantly fear the things in the dark that we can't see? And why, just because the things in the light can it not appear, and yet still be? Still no facts. A pity, really, that thought itself is what made me cry. People will argue for one or another right until the day they die. Never a thought for the wasted time they could have used, feeling sublime. Staring at raindrops on their skin. Not waiting for a life after death to begin. Cheers, man. Thank you. Cool. I nearly yelped in pain then. Did my elbow crack? (laughs) That was your elbow? Jesus. (laughs) I'm uh, I'm becoming... um, plagued by external noises on these if it's not chickens or squirrels it's your fucking elbows um thank you that was nice i was listening um what have been your main influences of your development as a writer or performer other poets on the circuit um i have never read a lot of poetry i have maybe three poetry books like one by philip larkin one by emily bronte and one by edgar Allan poe and um that's about it and like i've read those and after I read those, I was like, yeah, that was really cool, but I really don't feel like reading more poetry. I don't, yeah. it's, not, it's not something that I um, pick up to read because um, and I suppose I know a little bit of disdain for history. Um, they're gone. It's not that they don't matter, but I would rather hear the words from people who are still around. And um, my influences are mostly from other poets because like, there have been times where I've been in like a real slump in terms of my mood and my outlook on life and then I've been at home and it's like five in the evening I'm like oh I know I'm just going to go out to this open mic night that I saw advertised on Facebook so I go there and then I hear some people reading and I'm like wow I remember when I was in uni and I just started doing this and this was the feeling I had and then I feel really really uplifted and it's always because of someone else's poem that I've read and like sometimes there's someone who's just gotten on the circuit. Sometimes there's someone that I've heard before on the circuit. So like it doesn't matter who they are. Sometimes I'll just hear something from someone, and that'll be enough. That'll be enough to set my mind working. Like um, I don't know. I might I might look rude during some open mics, but I've just picked out. I've just taken out my notebook and started writing something in the middle of someone's set because something they've said has set my mind off. And I can't help it, because if I don't write it then, I'm likely to forget it, because my memory is like that. So, um, No, I really, it's something I really enjoy, is writing uh, notes or beginning a poem as, somebody, as somebody's reading, yeah. because you've been so inspired by, they may have mentioned something, it's got, you're not writing directly related to what they're saying, but it's, something, it's set a train of thought, and, you, and there's something, it's really energising to do that, to sit down and try and listen to them, and try and get your thoughts down, um, uh, yeah, it's quite a, a buzz, isn't it? Mm. Um, what what would you recommend to our listeners um, to go out and see or read or watch? And this doesn't have to be poetry related. Good. Or literature related. <laughs> um, <laughs> in terms of reading, I would advise uh, reading a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket because there's lots of uh, literature jokes in it. Even though it's a children's series, there's a lot like. Um, in one of the later books, there's a, the end of a poem by Philip Larkin, and the first line of that poem is, they fuck you up, your mum and dad. Mm-hmm. And considering that the book is, is, is for children, <laughs> they can Google that one line and yeah, they'll yeah, find a poem with yeah, some swearing yeah. in it. So, um, yeah, a series of unfortunate events by Lemony Snicket and anything else by Daniel Handler, 
mostly because he's my favourite author. And um, I don't know, his his characters tend to make me want to write more. The things his characters go through make me want to write more um, because I want to talk about my experiences because um, some of his characters are like around my age. So I'm like, mm. oh my God, I've had experiences. Not not this experience, but something similar. Yes, and I yeah. want to write about it, not prose. I want to write a poem about it. Or, yeah. And um, in terms of seeing uh, any Broadway show, Wicked, Avenue Q, um, anything by Cirque du Soleil, if you get the chance. Um, yeah, go and see them because they're all really, really good. These are things that I've seen and then gone home and wanted to do something. They made me want to do something creative because I know that someone has created this, this thing that I've just seen that's really big and that lots and lots of people, writer and non-writer, have gone to see and yeah, have yeah. really enjoyed. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, it makes me want to do that. So yeah, I'd advise those. Um, yeah, that's about it for the questions. Um, just take this opportunity to mention any blogs that you might be involved in. Or... Yeah, um, I'm part of the Kerosene Chronicle blog. It's on WordPress, so it's kerosenechronicle.wordpress.com. We're moving to another website whose name I can't remember at the moment, but um, yeah. when we actually do the move, I think we're going to put like a post up yeah. on WordPress yeah. to so say so. Yeah, so follow what, us on WordPress yeah. and, and what, you'll follow what us What I'll do is I'll put the link to the WordPress in the video on YouTube and then Kadeem can send me a message when it changes and I'll change the description. Yeah, yeah that'll do. So, that'll so do. hopefully whatever's in the description is the latest <laughs> link and the latest home for that, that blog. Um, Cheers, Kadeem. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, yeah, it was good cool. chatting. Um, yeah, thank you very much. And you can see Kadeem probably at nights in London if you want to. You don't have to. <laughs> Cheers.